Hello there. Welcome to the Beloved Son Ministry Show, where we who were once only the prodigal children now dare believe that we really are the beloved children of the Father. This Father who has loved us with an everlasting love. So now, let us come together, yes, in all of our brokenness, in all of our woundedness, but also in all of our belovedness, to share with one another the impact God has had on our lives and the impact that He continues to have in our lives, so that our curses may become crosses and our crosses may truly become blessings. So welcome home, my beloved brothers and sisters. Good afternoon, everyone. Hopefully you can hear me. Um, happy Pentecost Sunday. can't believe the Easter season is now coming to an end, and, and we're now about to enter into ordinary time. But as you and I both know, there is nothing ordinary about ordinary time. Um, but let's begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in them the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and they shall be, and they shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit that instruct the hearts of the faithful, grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever enjoy his consolations through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, so, Pentecost is the, the culmination of the Easter season, but um, seemingly the, the beginning of, um, of a mission. And hence, today's theme is um, being sent forth in the gift of living. Um, today we'll focus really on the, um, the last big conversation that Jesus had with Peter um, after his resurrection and before his ascension. So I'm going to read that to you now. And if you're following, um, it is from the Gospel of John. Um, John chapter 21, I believe. Let me. Yes. Um, John 21, verse 15. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to them, he said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He then said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was distressed that he had said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Amen, amen, I say to you, when you were younger, 
you used to dress yourself and go where you wanted. But when you grow old, you will be dressed by someone else and, you will lead, and they will lead you to where you do not want to go. He said this, signifying by what kind of death he would glorify God. And when he had said this, he said to him, follow me. I think the question, do you love me, is something that um, we ask people. Maybe a wife may ask her husband, or a husband asks a wife, or even kids ask their parents, or the mom or dad asks the children, do you love me? And I guess like Peter, many of us say, well, of, 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 of course I love you, right? You know that I love you. Why are you asking me? And I think that's where Peter was when our Lord asked him. But you see, our Lord asked him the same question three times, and many scholars say that it is because Peter denied him three times that um, sorrowful night when the people asked him, you know, aren't, aren't you a follower, aren't you a friend of that Jesus? And he said, no, no, I am not, you're mistaken. And now our Lord offers Peter the opportunity to reconcile and, um, and to really make amends by asking him three times, do you love me? Now, I just want to go through um, how this encounter with Peter you know, was really um, the model for um, forgiveness and mercy and reconciliation and, and how at the heart of, as we've been talking about these past couple of weeks, how at the heart of all relationship is this love right? There is no um, mercy or forgiveness without love. And there is no relationship without love. And so, so love is crucial. And so it is, you know, fitting that our Lord asked Peter, do you love me? Because maybe Jesus wanted to remind Peter that he is called to be in a very interesting, very special and very intimate relationship with him. Because only being with him will he be with the Father. And so let us um, go through this, um, not verse by verse, but, but um, part by part with each part of the, um, do you love me? Now, if we think about this, you know, Peter left Jesus when he needed him the most. But he needed a friend to be with him, to encourage him, to stand up for him. Peter denied him. Have you ever experienced that before? That deep sense of betrayal or that deep sense of unhappiness or a deep sense of, of being felt let down by someone you love and you cared for? Take a minute to think about that. And think about the incident and think about the things that surrounded that incident and, and how you felt. And even think about how you approached it and how you um, went about that encounter.
I think for us, the immediate um, reaction is, are you kidding me? Like, you know, I, I, I needed you and, and you left. Right? But yet, Jesus, when he first saw Peter, at least in this um, incident, not in, in, not in the upper room, but, but here, Jesus didn't say, Peter, like, why did you leave me? Why did you betray me? Why did you deny me? He didn't. He didn't ask him any of that. Is it because our Lord just suddenly forgot after he um, died and was buried and rose from the dead? No. And many people always say, oh, you know, we, we um, what is it, we uh, forgive and we forget. But we don't really forget. We don't forget not because we are holding on to a grudge, no. But without knowing what had happened, without living through and experiencing that sorrow, that forgiveness and that reconciliation would not be as powerful. So we don't forgive and forget because we remember we're human. We will always remember those times in our lives when we were hurt, when we were wounded, when we were betrayed and, and rejected and denied. We will always remember those moments. But how we remember them is up to us. Do we remember them as grudges? Do we remember them and then somehow use that as a point of anger? Or do we, like our Lord, remember not to hold a grudge, but remember to forgive? By remembering it, to show Peter how much he loves him. So we don't forgive and forget. We forgive and remember because it is by that remembering that we come to see and experience the tremendous power of love that exists. And last time, we, last time I talked about wounds and brokenness, right? that Jesus, when he rose from the dead, he didn't rise with no scars or blemishes or, or, or anything. He rose with his wounds. He rose with the nail marks. He rose with the uh, wound on his side. And he showed the apostles, right? The first thing he said after peace be with you is that he showed him, showed them his wounds. We are all wounded people. Whether we want to admit it or not, we are wounded. We are broken because of our original sin and our own sinfulness. We are wounded people. And our Lord came to show us, it's fine. Your wounds are part of your experience. Your wounds are part of how you come to experience being loved and also experience loving. It is by the wounds of Christ that we are healed. 
and by our wounds, whatever they may be, whether it may be betrayal, rejection, whatever it may be, by our wounds, we may bring about healing to someone else. By our very woundedness, by our rejection, that time for reconciliation may be all that more powerful. So instead of saying to Peter, do you know what you did to me? Do you know how much pain and suffering you allowed me to go through? You abandoned me. No. He didn't say that. Why not? Because he loved him. Because he knew that if you were to bring up the past, it won't change anything. Keep thinking about the past. Keep bringing old things back. Keep... Um, opening old wounds up, they, it, they won't change the fact that it had happened. And Jesus is showing us that, that he didn't need to bring up the old business so Peter can remember. Peter knows fully well what he did. Peter knew how much pain our Lord must have been when he heard and saw him deny him. Peter must have knew. So our Lord didn't need to bring it up. It was not spoken out loud, but it was loudly spoken in the heart. Jesus wanted to show us and to show Peter that even though he chose to deny him, he chose to reject him, he chose to betray him, he still loves him. And in the same way, when we reject our Lord, when we betray him, when we seemingly do not want to follow where he is leading us and we go our own way, he still says, I still love you. And I'm not going to hold that against you. But like with him and Peter, he only asks us, do you love me? So by this encounter, our Lord restores Peter to his proper place. He restores Peter as the shepherd of his flock here on earth, our first pope. By this encounter, Jesus reaffirms the identity of Peter, that you're no longer um, simply fishers of fish, that you're fishers of men, that you are a fisher who will bring people in from all parts of the world and to tell him and to tell them of this great love that I'm showing you now. You know, with every time that Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Jesus gave him a task or a mission. The first time it is um, feed my lambs and then tend my sheep and then feed my sheep. In restoring Peter, he gave him a task. 
And we only entrust people with tasks who we love and who we trust. And so Jesus, Jesus was telling Peter, look, I know you did this in the past, but now we're going to move forward. We're going to move on. I'm going to send you on a mission, and I trust that you will carry it out to the best of your abilities, because I will be there with you. St. John Chrysostom said, There are indeed many other things that are able to give us boldness toward God and to show us bright and approved. But that which most of all brings goodwill from on high is tender care for our neighbor, which is what Christ requires of Peter. Jesus didn't say, Peter, go and conquer the world, go and fight these people. No, he says to feed the sheep, to care for them, to love them. So of all things that our Lord asked of Peter, it was to care for his people. And of course, he remembers. Peter must have remembered when Jesus was teaching that there is no greater love but to lay down one's life for one's friend. And we'll speak about that in a little bit. So the first time when, when Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? Peter must have just thought, oh, you know, our Lord is asking me if I love him. Well, of course I do, right? Maybe it was just a casual, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. But then he may have been confused for a second time. Do you love me? And then a third time, he was distressed, and he says, Lord, you know, you know everything. But perhaps with each time of do you love me, it was really a journey of conversion. Maybe the first time he asked him, do you love me? It was that very superficial, very on the surface. Do you love me? He said, yes, I do. But then the second time, do you love me? Maybe Peter was being invited into a deeper kind of love. A love that maybe required more of him. And then finally, the, the third time was, Peter, do you love me? Love me with the love that I loved you. The love that you are willing to lay down your life for other people. Do you love me with that kind of love? You know, and I think sometimes we ask that of our family and friends. Do you love me? No, I mean, do you really love me? Right? And I think it, that doesn't come across in... Um, in the English translation, but in the Greek, and you may have heard this already, but in Greek there are different um, words for love. There's eros, which is that um, passionate love um, between a man and a woman. There's uh, uh, filial love, or uh, philia, filio, which is the love between friends. And then there is agape, which is that unconditional love, the love that 
transcends and goes beyond all things. And so in the Greek, if you would entertain me a little bit here, in the Greek, Jesus um, said to Peter, agapas me, agapas me. Jesus asked Peter, do you love me with that unconditional love? And Peter said, filio, filo say. I love you, but with the love of a brother, the love of a friend. And then a second time, Jesus asked him, Simon said to John, agapas me? And Peter says, yes, I filo you. Filo say, hoti filo say. And then the third time, Jesus says to Peter, Phileisme, Phileisme, and Peter said, Philo, Philo say. Now you may not understand what I'm trying to say here with the Greek, but you see, the first two times when Jesus said to Peter, Do you love me? Jesus was asking him, Do you love me unconditionally? Do you love me more than these? Do you love me with the love? that I love you, the love that I was willing to put down my life for you. Do you love me with that kind of love? And Peter said, yes, Lord, I love you. I love you with a brother's love. Peter was not able to commit himself in the same way that our Lord has asked him, with that unconditional love, the love that know no bounds, that continues to love despite rejection, despite Betrayal despite death, but Peter was not there yet. And then the third time, Jesus finally said, instead of saying agapas me, he says, filiais me. Do you love me with the love of a brother? And Peter said, yes, Lord, I love you as a brother. You see, our Lord, he went from agapas, agapas me, to phileis me. He went from asking Peter, do you love me unconditionally, to do you love me as a brother. Jesus challenged Peter the first two times, do you agapas me? But the third time, he met Peter where he was, and he says, phileis me. And Peter said, yes, filio, so, uh, filio say, filo say. So in our journey of faith, our Lord challenges us because he knows that we were made for beatitude. He knows that we were made for greatness. And so he challenges us. So he challenged Peter, do you agape me? Do you love me with this kind of love? But he won't force us. Because we all know, and by our own experience in our life, that forced love isn't true love. That forced love won't get us very far. And so Jesus said to Peter, fine, I don't need you to love me with agape love now. I'll meet you where you are, and I hope you will follow me where I want to lead you, where you belong. So our Lord meets us where we are, whether we are at a point where we re are rejecting him, whether we are at a point in our faith life where we are um, despairing, hopeless, non-believing, or whether we are believing, 
Our Lord meets us where we are, and He walks with us. And notice, after He um, asked Peter the three times, Do you love me? He says, Follow me. And before that, Jesus is, Jesus is seemingly um, saying to Peter, Fine, you don't love me enough to die for me or die for my gospel now, but you will. Because he told Peter this very interesting line. He says, Amen, amen, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to dress yourself and go where you wanted. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. He said this signifying the kind of death he would glorify God. And we know, and we know that Peter was martyred. He was crucified. And so even though Peter only said that he philo the Lord, but through the journey of his life and with the Holy Spirit, and I'm sure on that cross when he was about to die, he says, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Yes, Lord, you know I agapase. You know that I love you with that kind of love. Let us reflect our, on our own journey of life, of, of faith. Where are we on our journey? Do we trust that the Lord will walk with us? Even though he ascended into heaven, did Peter waver? You know, after Jesus ascended into heaven, Peter and the apostles went back to Jerusalem to be with Mary. And from that point on, they waited for the Holy Spirit to come on this day, on Pentecost. And from that point on, Peter never wavered. He went and preached the good news, the love and the mercy that he experienced to countless people. And he brought them into the church and to the point where he died for our Lord. So today on this Pentecost, may we open our hearts. And even if we do not agape or agapas the Lord now, let us ask the Holy Spirit to give us the grace and the humility and the courage to one day say, Agapo, Agapo say. Imagine the, the moving and powerful encounter that must have been. And, and you know, you know, as recent as last year, when I read this gospel, I always pictured Peter and Jesus walking by themselves, and this was a private conversation. That's what I always pictured or imagined. But then in the paintings, they were not. People were with him. The, the other ten apostles were with him. And I, I just didn't think that was how our Lord would have done it. But then, of course, it made sense because in the beginning of the passage, we heard, we heard Jesus say to Peter, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? And so perhaps maybe Peter was put on the spot. Do you love me, Peter? And he said, well, I mean, Lord, you know, there's people here, but I do. I do love you. And at that point, when our Lord, when Peter said, yes, yes, and yes, everything has been forgiven, right? No more hard feelings, no barriers, nothing. Nothing. 
Peter was restored in the church, now had his shepherd on earth, Peter. But then there is a second part that follow me. And whenever I read that passage, I think about if you have ever witnessed an ordination, the deacon, the lector, the priest, like they, they don't dress themselves. It's always a, a, a brother deacon or a brother priest that dresses them. And here we see Jesus saying, when you were younger, you were able to dress yourself and go where you wanted to go, but when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and you will be dressed by someone else and they will lead you where you do not want to go. As Christians, the life, or first as deacons and as priests, the life that we're called to live is a life of self-sacrifice. That the moment our nose hit the marble, the day of our ordination, God willing, that will be soon in a few years for me, that we already say, Lord, I'm willing to lay down my life for you and for your people. And so now lead me where I do not want to go, but I will go because you're leading me. And that's why he says to Peter, follow me. That simple command, follow me, has so much built into it. If you want true joy, if you want true peace, if you want true love, follow me. Life will be difficult. It will have its challenges. You will have your struggles. You will have your moments of doubt. You will have your moments of fear and anxiety. But follow me. Because only in our Lord will we be able to go through the storms of our lives with peace and joy and hope. You know, um, I, I think it was Fulton Sheen that says, um, pain without Christ is suffering but pain with christ is sacrifice and as christians we live a life of sacrifice for our families for our friends for our community we live a life of sacrifice and so when peter was confronted with that question do you love me jesus was really asking peter do you love me enough to die for me do you love me enough to lay down your life for me? Not just me, but are you willing to lay down your life for those who I will ask you to serve, those who I ask you to lead? Will you lay down your life for them too? That is why he asked, that's why he told Peter, feed my sheep with, after every question, do you love me? When Peter gave him the answer, yes, he always gave him a mission. Because it is only in acknowledging that love, it is only in that love, will Peter be able to carry out that mission of feeding the sheep, of leading the sheep. And so without that love, without that relationship with the Father, without that, we can't carry out any mission. And so today, my brothers and sisters, Jesus asks us, do you love me? Pray with that for a minute. Just imagine the Lord saying to you, do you love me? You 
Now, Peter was entrusted with the mission of shepherding souls and shepherding the people of God. Not because he was perfect, right? He had flaws. I, I, I mean, he, he denied the one friend that he loved, whom he loved. So Peter was not without fault. Peter was not without weakness. Peter was a flawed man. He was a weak man. Yet our Lord entrusted this great mission to him. We are not worthy instruments, but yet he chose us. And by our baptism, we share in that divine life. We share in the threefold ministry of our Lord, the priest, prophet, and king. By our baptism, we are asked to bless people. We are asked to give them the good news. We are asked to bring them closer to the one who calls them beloved. We're not worthy. But God doesn't need us to be worthy. He calls us by name, and he will give to us all that we need, all the graces that we need to carry out whatever it is that he is calling us to do. Our Lord said he came to give us life and to have life to the full. You know, many people in today's world, they're struggling to get by. They want to make a good living for their family and for themselves. But our Lord wants us to live, not just survive. He wants us to live full lives. And it is only by following Him, by growing deeper in love with Him, are we able to live full lives, free lives, and joyful lives. So at the core of all this, we go back to that question, do you love me? Love is at the core of everything. It is love that makes mercy and forgiveness and reconciliation possible. It is the love which with the Father loves us and fashioned us. The love which he has loved us from all eternity. It is this love that enabled Jesus to get back up each time he was shoved to the ground as he was walking to Calvary. It was this love that made Jesus, as afraid as he may be in the garden, to say, Lord, not my will, but yours. It was this love that enabled Jesus to willingly submit himself to be buried and to descend into the dead and to rise triumphantly because of love. Because of the Father's love for him, he was able to do that, and he wanted to do that. It was by the Father's love that he was able to, and perhaps it was by, it was by, it was by the love for us that he wanted to, that he, was, that he did it. Today, on Pentecost, we celebrate the birth of the church. It is from the side of our Lord's pierced side that flowed the sacraments, that nourishes us, that feeds us. And today, the Lord asks us to love him with this love and to love others with this love. Peter denied Christ, but he forgave him and he reconciled with him. Not, not looking at his faults and weaknesses, but entrusting Peter with the care of his um, flock. And so, since we are called to love, we're also called to forgive and to be merciful and to reconcile. Jesus today asks us, do you love me? How will we answer? Whatever the answer may be, Jesus tells us, if you love me, and love my people. When we say we love Jesus, 
Do we really mean it? And how can we tell? Well, do I love my neighbors? Am I forgiving? Am I, even for, am I forgiving even to those who hurt me tremendously? Because by those actions, there lies our truest answer to that question our Lord asks us today. Do you love me? So if we don't forgive, if we judge, if we curse others, if we don't forgive, and if we hold grudges, if we resent, maybe we don't love him. That is why our Lord asks us again and again. Not because he needs affirmation that he's loved. He asks us time and again. And each time we look up at the cross, he asks us, do you love me? Each time we approach the sacrament, he asks us, do you love me? Not for him, but for us. He asks us if we love him so that we can grow ever deeper in love not just with him, but with one another. He asks us so that we can be moved, so that our hearts can be converted, so that we will truly and unreservedly follow him. So my brothers and sisters, today our Lord asks us, do you love me? And he also says to us, follow me. What are some things that cause us to not follow the Lord unreservedly? What are some of the barriers? What are, what are some of the things that keep us from wanting to go where he wants to lead us? Let us today, right now, give to the Lord all those barriers, all those wounds, all those pains, all those sorrows, all those hurts, all those grudges, all those resentments, and say, Lord, I'm tired. I don't want to carry these anymore. I want to follow you unreservedly. I want to follow you even to the point of laying my life down. I want to live a life with you. I want to live a life that is free, that is joyful, that is hopeful, that is peaceful. And so I offer up to you all of my pains, all of my brokenness. I trust that you can transform my brokenness and my woundedness into something that can show us my belovedness. On this Pentecost Sunday, my brothers and sisters, may we allow the Lord to enter into our hearts, to touch our wounds, to touch the dark places of our hearts where we need healing, so that we may say affirmatively, yes, Lord, I love you. And when he says to us, follow me, we can say yes and walk with him. Let us pray. The eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had ordered them. When they saw him, they worshipped, but they doubted. Then Jesus approached and said to them, All power in heaven and on earth was given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. May we be moved by the love of the Father to go and bear fruit for the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for joining me these past four weeks, these three weeks. I hope that we may continue to grow together as disciples, as a family, so that when our Lord asks us, do you love me, we may say that we love him with the same kind of love 
the love that the Father loves us. God bless. For more audios, videos, blog entries, and other resources, please visit us at www.belovedsonministry.org.